0: I want to start the same way I've been starting the past few weeks and um, just ask, you know, over the next um, 25 minutes or so that you kind of stay where you are, because every time that we get up and move around, it distracts um, from what God is trying to do, so that we ask that you do not sacrifice other people's worship by talking or by getting up and being a distraction, so just ask that you do that. Um... Before we get into the message tonight, I just want to say that, you know, after the events of what happened this past week with the um, Washington rural kid, Micah, you know, I, I don't know how many of you guys knew him, um, if you guys were close, but um, just know that as a church, we're praying for you and we're praying for this family who lost um, a son and a grandson and a friend. And um, just know that we are here. If you have any questions, we want you to be able to talk to us. And we are an open door. We are here um, for you for that. Okay? So um, let's pray again, and then let's get into our message tonight. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. Um, actually, you're here. You're in this place, and we just invite you to move among us. Um, God, we welcome you, and we pray that you would just speak to us in a very clear way as we look um, at your characteristics um, through the Holy Spirit. God, we just look forward to seeing what you're going to do um, tonight and through this series. And praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's open up to John chapter 14. We're in this new series called Spirit Week, and we're looking at the Holy Spirit. And the main question that we want to answer in this series is, who is the Holy Spirit? And, you know, we actually spent a good amount of time on this a few weeks ago in our um, Not a Fan series, where we looked at what it means to be a Spirit-filled follower. And, um, you know, we talked about how oftentimes the Holy Spirit is treated like a lesser of the, of the Trinity, like we got God the father okay that makes sense got the son we got Jesus all right we understand that but then we got the spirit and it just we, we it's just a little weird and um that was me you no know, growing up I, I don't know about you but growing up i always thought the holy spirit was just kind of this mystery thing out there um in my southern Baptist church it was called the holy ghost which made it even weirder and um i just didn't know and It it didn't make sense. I understood God the Father. Makes sense. God the Son. Like I've seen the pictures of Jesus, right? Blonde hair, blue eyes, chacos on. Like we understood Jesus. No split ends. But then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. We don't quite understand this person. Um, And I've been to churches. I've been to churches where they had a very, very high view of the Holy Spirit. And they were just weird to me that they had tambourines going all the time. And they just, they spoke in this weird language that I didn't understand. And it was just weird. And here's the thing. There are churches who I would say has a overemphasis on the Holy Spirit. But probably something that's far more common is churches who has a gross underemphasis of the Holy Spirit. We just don't understand God the Spirit. We know there's a Trinity, we know the Father, we know the Son, but the Spirit we just don't care much about. Oftentimes we leave the Spirit out in our prayers. And what we're going to look at in this series is it's actually better to have the Holy Spirit with us. So, here's a quote from A.W. Tozer. And it says this, um, it's going to be up on the screen. He says, this is, and he's talking about the, the Holy Spirit and the disconnect that we experience in the American church He says, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. That's interesting. He says, if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everyone would know the difference. Now, 95%, that's just a number that he's thrown out there to to make his point. But as you read the Bible and as you see how the church started versus what we so often experience in the American church context today, there is a incredible disconnect that we somehow throughout through 2,000 years have created this kind of country club mentality on weekends in our churches. Where you show up and you check a box. You come once a week, and that's really good if you come once a week. The, actual, the average, actually, of a, a, a churchgoer is once or twice a month. That is a regular churchgoer today. And there's a m- many, 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 many people who only come three times a year. Christmas Eve, Easter, and maybe Mother's Day if they love their moms. Um, but somehow we kind of lost this. We had this disconnect And I think one of the reasons is that we have have this disconnect is our understanding and leaning into the Holy Spirit. So tonight, I want to begin this conversation of who He is, who is the Holy Spirit. And I want to kind of lay the groundwork for what we're going to experience in this series. So what I want to do for over the next few weeks is get this kind of biblical understanding on who exactly is the Holy Spirit and what role does He play in the lives of believers. So we're going to start in John chapter 14. We're going to look at some verses where Jesus, today, he wants to kind of build this kind of foundation. And I pray that over the next few weeks that we'll be more intimately connected to God, the Spirit. So John chapter 14, we gonna start in verse 16. The words of Jesus, as he is comforting his disciples, he's about to leave them. He's about to die on a cross. This is the context behind this verse. He's going away, but he's going to send someone that will be even better Than him. And this is what he says. And says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you. Not for a little while, but for how long? Forever. He will be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. It's kind of, I can relate to this as a child. Like, I can't see the spirit. I don't really understand the spirit, but you know him for he dwells with you. And here's the promise. The promise is, and he will be in you. So the spirit will be in us. So Jesus, he's at this last supper hours before he dies on the cross and he's spending time with his disciples and he says, I'm going away, but it's a good thing that I'm going away. Now imagine this, like they spent day in and day out for the last three years with this man named Jesus that saw him do miracle after miracle after miracle, and they are kind of relating to Jesus. Like they're on the same page. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I'm about to go away, but it's to your good, it's, it's for your good, and we're gonna see that in just a few moments. So it's better that I go away. And if I can kind of f- paraphrase what Jesus is saying, it's this right here. The Holy Spirit in us, Will be greater than Jesus Christ with us. The Holy Spirit in us will be greater than Jesus Christ beside us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit loves you, and Jesus is going to say, "I'm going away, but I'm going to send the Spirit to be within you," and He calls Him Helper. Your translation may have a different word there, which this comes from the Greek word Parakletos, and this is in your notes. Parakletos is the root word for parakleic. And it comes from two words, per, which means alongside of, and kletos, which comes from the Greek word kaleo, which means called. So the very literal translation of parakleic is the Holy Spirit is the one who is called alongside of or to be inside of the believer. So a good way to remember this. I'm a very visual person. Parakleic. Okay, that's the, the this word that that's translated translate a helper. So I think of a paraclete. Okay? What does a paraclete do? If you're running on a wet field, the paraclete will give you traction. It will help you have traction when you're running, It'll give you traction in your life. And that's what the, this Holy Spirit does. He's a helper. He will give you traction in your life as you go about your life. And life gets tough because life does get tough, right? He will be with you to help you. Another way to translate this will be a God or a, a counselor or an advocate. So, who is this Perikletos? The very literal word could be translated as intercessor. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is someone who intercedes and he prays for you. He also is your helper, your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your advocate before God. He is your comforter, your Perikletos, the God in spirit form who is called alongside you, inside of you, to be your comforter, to be your counselor, to be your intercessor, to be your helper, to be your friend, ultimately. Now, when I think about a choice between you know, having Jesus with you, think about this for his disciples, having Jesus with you or to have the Spirit with you, like my first thought is, I'm taking Jesus. Like I'm taking, like just imagine if you could have Jesus kind of walk beside you, kind of hang out with you for a day. It's like, Jesus, I have a headache. He's like, poof. Your headache's gone. Like your dog goes around runs out in the middle of the road and a car hits it. It's like, Jesus, Fido's dead. And Jesus says, Fido, live. And Fido jumps up and starts barking and walks away. Like imagine your cat get hit by a car. And Jesus right there on the spot, he can do the funeral for your cat. (laughs) He can do that. How awesome would it be to have Jesus do the funeral for your cat? You have a bag of Cheetos and one peanut butter and jelly sandwich and we're all at the same place. And Jesus can multiply that where everyone gets food. How cool would that be? But Jesus is going to show us that there's actually something that is better for us than him in the flesh. It's an amazing promise. And he says this in John 16, 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is better that I go away. For if I do not go away, the, the pericletos, the, the intercessor, the counselor, the advocates, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the helper would not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He says, it's actually to your advantage that I'm about to go away because I'm going to send someone to be with you. He's going to be your helper, your counselor, your guide. And he will be with you forever. And he will never leave you or forsake you. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, this week we're going to look at what the Holy Spirit does within a believer. And next week, Brian Treas is going to be here. He's he's going to talk about the the power of the Holy Spirit. The power. The Holy Spirit, he gives you spiritual gifts. The gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, wisdom. If you're a believer, you have spiritual gifts inside of you. The Holy Spirit, he gives you spiritual fruit. So whenever the wor- your world is going crazy, you can still have the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, joy, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think I missed one somewhere. Goodness. Thank you. But when you look today at Christians around the world and what you so often see is believers in Jesus, but people who look no different than the rest of the world. And that's kind of what, what this last series was about not a fan that your life should look different if you're a believer if you're a follower of Jesus Christ they're living this lifestyle but they they're doing the same sins as other people you see Christians who paralyze are basically flat you see people who are afraid and they're struggling they're gripped by fear and worry and anxiety i learned this past week that the number one issue for college age students is anxiety they're so anxious and that may be some of you here tonight. We believe in Jesus, yet our lives have no real power. Why is that? Because so many people are living what we call a spiritless life. And God wants his children to live a spirit filled, a spirit empowered, a spirit led, a spirit equipped life of victory to please God the Father. So why is it so difficult today? To live a spirit-filled life. Why do so many people live this spirit-less life? I think there's many reasons, but we'll look at two tonight. First, some people are simply unaware of the Holy Spirit. Many of you, you may say, I've heard of the Holy Spirit, but I don't really know what he does. You know, he's kind of like this, like kind of like I was as a kid. Like, you, he's kind of this mystery, he's kind of weird or whatever. You kind of have this, this thing about the Holy Spirit that you just don't really understand. And that might be you. And even in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, it says this. It's a very interesting story. And it says, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. Now, these are believers in Jesus. These are not the disciples, but these are just people who believe in Jesus. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So obviously these people were not at Pentecost. Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit came down. So they're not, they were not there. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We heard about Jesus Like we know about John the Baptist, but who is the Holy Spirit? Like we don't know anything about him. And many of you may be in a very similar spot tonight. Like you just don't know about the Spirit. We've heard about him, but that's about it. Who is the Spirit? I don't understand anything about him. You're unaware. I fly several times a year and I... Back in 1998, I went on a mission trip to Ukraine and my flight, I think it was from Charlotte or DC1 to Germany. It was about an eight hour flight or so. Um, they bumped me up to first class. Okay. Now, I've always seen the, the, the curtain and I've never been past the curtain. And on this flight, they put me on this, in this first class where I was in front of the curtain. And I went back, me and my buddy was there. We had seven other people that was on the flight and they're all in the, the other, other place. And I remember kind of peeking out the curtain, looking at them, it's like going back to my seat. And then, let me just tell you about this. This is 1998. So this is a long time ago. And like the, the chairs were recliners so I can lay back on my flights. We had TVs, which today a lot of flights have TVs, but back then they didn't have TVs, but I had my own little personal TV, my own menu that they served my, my Cokes and a glass, not a plastic cup. It was really cool. They gave me a hot rag for my head. And I just felt a little better than the others. I felt like I was a little, like I was the big deal. But here is the deal. Christians all over the world are going through life without this power. Without this power, without his victory, without his strength. And on the other side, there's a spiritual power from God in heaven that is greater than you can ever imagine. And the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available to all of us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available for you and for me. And He will fill you and direct you and comfort you and guide you and counsel you and empower you and convict you. And it is available. But so many people are living a spiritless life because they're unaware of the power of the Spirit. Why are so many living a spiritless life? They're unaware. And secondly are simply resisting the Holy Spirit. That might be some of you here tonight. The Holy Spirit has prompted you. He has led you to do something. You have said, no, 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 I don't want to do that. You resist. Many of you have been going about your life... You're about to do something that's not right and the Holy Spirit convicts you, don't do that. That is not good. And you do it anyways. You resist the Holy Spirit. Some people, sometimes the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something good, give something to someone, to bless someone. And you push away and say, no, no, I don't want to do that. You resist the Holy Spirit. Some of you have resisted the Holy Spirit for so long that your heart... It's becoming hard to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Stephen, in the Bible, is a very young and very courageous and bold man. And he's in front of the Sanhedrin, this religious group, and they're about to stone him to death. Not the kind of stone that you're probably familiar with, but the other kind of stone. Where they throw rocks at you until you die. And he's standing before these people that's about to do this. And he says this right here. He says, you stiff necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears. Now, this is a big cut down. Then he says, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. And some of you may say, well, I'm not really sure the Holy Spirit really prompts me or moves me or speaks to me. It could be that you've resisted him for so long that you are being, your heart has been hardened to his promptings. So, how do you know? How do you know if the Holy Spirit prompts you or if it's just your own thoughts? That's a very good question to ask. How do you know, like when you have these thoughts and these kind of promptings, how do you know it's the Holy Spirit versus you just thinking of something? Well, I'm a very selfish person in nature, and so are you. And if there's something that's benefiting me, I tend to think that it's probably me or my own thoughts. If there's something that benefits me, it's probably my prompting. But if it benefits others and it brings glory to God, it could be the Spirit prompting you. If I'm being convicted not to do something that I know is really wrong, I assume that it's the Holy Spirit prompting me. If I'm being led to do something good to be a blessing to others i just assume that it's the holy spirit prompting me to do that if it's not good if it's not something good then the worst thing that if it's not the holy spirit then the worst thing that happen is you did something good for someone so be it but i think all of you all of you have felt this kind of conviction this this prompting from the holy spirit where someone invited you to do something and you you're like oh i don't know if i should do this you kind of feel like no, no, no i shouldn't do this but then you just do it anyway and you kind of resist the holy spirit that's what this this is what this, this is talking about some of you you have this joke that you want to tell or you just this you want to gossip about someone because it's really juicy and it's really good and you're like oh, i shouldn't do this but you just do it anyway you're resisting the holy spirit and the more you resist the holy spirit your heart becomes harder and harder and pretty soon you will not be able to hear the whisper and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important that you do not resist the Holy Spirit's calling. Why are so many people living a spirit-less life? Some are unaware. And some have become so skilled at resisting the Holy Spirit. So for the next few moments... What I want to do is talk about the internal working of how the Holy Spirit can minister to us. So we want to get three things very briefly, and then we're done. How can the Holy Spirit minister, minister to us? First is this. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. This Holy Spirit is called a comforter. And that same verse that we looked at earlier, John 14, 16, this is the King James Version of the same verse that translated the, the per, Pericleitos this way. It says, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. This is the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. And here's a cool thing. Some of you in this room are going through some very difficult things right now. Now, we just lost another student this week. I can't tell you how many students we've lost since I've been here. I lost count in two years. Some of you need to hear this tonight. You need the Holy Spirit to be your comforter tonight. He would do that. That's, what, that's one of his roles. That's one of his jobs, if you will. The Holy Spirit has this job description, and one of his job description titles is comforter. And he will comfort you. Some of you are going through other junk in your life. He wants to be your comforter. Even though you're hurting, you can sense his comfort. He can comfort you with peace that goes beyond all human understanding. The second thing is this the Holy Spirit would guide you, he's your counselor. He's your guide. You don't know what to do, but He can direct you. Scripture says this in John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. This is good news. Singers, this is good news because you're about to go to college. Like, where should I go? The Spirit will guide you. You have to be in touch with this. This is why it's so important. He will guide you to the right place. Sometimes you do something that you know the Holy Spirit is telling you not to do. He's guiding you this way, but you resist him and you go this way. You've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and his guiding. He will guide you. You may not know what to do. So you're just praying and the Holy Spirit can give you direction. He can give you wisdom. He can give you discernment. It's like on weekends, you know, we have these three cameras. I don't know if you ever ran one of these cameras. I've never done it, but I know what happens behind it. You wear these little headphones. And there's somebody talking to you that no one else else can hear, but you can hear. They're telling you, go here, shoot this. You're about to go live. Be ready. This, And they're giving you direction. They're giving you direction on what you need to do and when you need to do it. And the whole time, this voice is leading them through this process. And it's very similar. The God, God, the Holy Spirit can work in the lives through constantly Kind of whispering things in your life, go here, do this, don't do this. Those who are aware of the spirit's presence and his voice, you can go through a day knowing that the spirit is with you. Reach out to this person. pray for this person right now. make this decision. Don't say what you're about to say. It is not good. It will not please God. Say this instead. It's a constant awareness of the Spirit of God guiding you. It's a Spirit-filled life. It's not walking by sight. It's walking by faith that the Holy Spirit is with you, guiding you. He is your counselor. I love this picture in Isaiah thirty twenty one. It says this. It says, in your ears shall hear a word behind you. All right, so you're walking down this path and you hear this voice from behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or to the left, this is the way. Walk in it. He will guide you, the voice of the Spirit. He will comfort you. He will guide you. And lastly, he will convict you. John 16, 8 says, And when he, the Spirit, comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. In fact, I believe even tonight, there are those of you who are being convicted by the Spirit of God. That's one of his jobs. That's one of his roles. I love it. (laughs) Listen. Listen. I love it when my kids do something wrong and I don't have to tell them. They just come and confess their things. You know why I love that? Because they're listening to the Spirit of God inside of them. When they come and just confess, I did this. I can't tell you how many times I've had to confess things that I've done. It's not easy to do those things. But the Holy Spirit convicts you and it convicts me and we have to be sensitive and we can't resist so I believe the Holy Spirit is convicting some of you here tonight there may be someone something in your life that that's not as it should be and all of a sudden you have this sense that I shouldn't do that I haven't even mentioned what it is but you're being convicted why because that's the presence of the Holy Spirit convicting you there are others of you that are being drawn to God right now and you don't know why. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you've never been here before, but you're here tonight and you don't even know who this God is or this spirit is. But God has drawn you. You're being convicted to him for your need for God. Sometimes people will say, Tim, who is it? What? Who is it that that led you to Christ? Who is it that kind of drew you to Christ? Listen, I grew up in church. I went to church three times a week. And there's not really one person that did this that drew me to God but the person that God used unquestionably is the person of the Holy Spirit he convicted me of my sin he he made me realize that my relationship with him is is a head knowledge not a heart knowledge he convicted me and I realized that I did not have a personal relationship with, with, with him and this may be you tonight you may be here and you don't know why you're here It's because the Holy Spirit is here and he's drawing you to himself. I really believe, listen, look up here. I really believe that none of you are here by accident. Some of you may come for the game. Some of you may come for your friends. Some of you may come for the small groups. Some of you may come for the music. You're here for many different reasons, but I believe that you're not here by accident. That God is calling you. The Spirit of God is wanting to speak to you. For some of you, he is convicting you of something but let me warn you, don't resist him. Don't resist him. If he is drawing you to himself, if he is drawing you to himself, do not resist him. Because the more you resist, the harder your heart will become. There's someone in, in, in Tiffany, in my life, that is very against God. I guess. Someone in life that is very much against God. Very much. And his heart is so hard. It's so hard from the Spirit's prompting, from the Spirit's conviction. I'm telling you, you probably know people like this. Don't resist the Holy Spirit, don't resist Him. Listen to His voice. How do I hear his voice? He he will speak to you. Some of you may have this kind of burning desire right now. Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. What is happening to me right now? That is the spirit speaking to you. It may be convicting you to to, to confess something that you did to someone else. He may be convicting you to come and and lay your, your sins down before him. I don't know what it is for you. But one of the things he does is he convicts us. God the Father loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. He lived a sinless life and he's died and rose again so you can know him. And then as he left, he promised us the spirit to live a life that would honor him and glorify God. And if you're here tonight... (laughs) and you're kind of struggling with something, I don't know, talk to your small group leader. Have this conversation with your small group leader. like, I feel like God is prompting me. I feel like God is convicting me. I feel like God is guiding me or leading me. Or I just need this comfort right now. Whatever it is, just allow our small group time to be a time that you go. You just kind of let it go and just kind of be real with your, with your peers. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. And listen to this. He's in this place. If you're a believer, He's living inside of you. This is good news, guys. This is good news. It blows my mind. I don't really understand it, but the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. He lives inside of us. If you read the Old Testament, the Spirit came and the Spirit left. You just read throughout the Old Testament. He was there for a while then he left for a while. Like with David. when, When David sinned against God, he prays in Psalm 51, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. That was his prayer. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Because the spirit came and the spirit left, but in the New Testament he says, "I will be with you forever." He promises the Holy Spirit, and the power of this Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And we looked at three things tonight. There's many more that we're going to look at, but he he comforts, he guides, and he convicts. Don't resist him. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Because if you do, your heart will become harder and harder. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we are thankful for you. God, we're thankful for you that you comfort us. When we need someone to be there for us, you are always there. And you give us a peace that we just don't quite understand when we need it. Holy Spirit, you guide us. You make our path straight. You, make our, you put, a, you put a, a lamp before us so we can see our next step. And God, you convict. And God, you may be convicting lives in this room tonight. It's my prayer that they would not resist you. It's my prayer that they would not resist you. Holy Spirit, move. Thank you. Pray this in your name. Amen. All right, if this is your first time, we want you to know that this is a continued conversation and we're going to move into small groups. And this is something we call all of you to. This is not an option for you. This is what we want all of you guys to do. And if you don't know where your small group is, um, you can come and just chat with me and I can direct you to your small group. Um, And maybe you're here and you just need someone to talk to. I'm here for you. Um, Amy's here for you. Um, These adults are here for you. Make sure you talk to us, okay? Do not resist. Talk. All right? You guys are dismissed to your small groups.